welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who are, quite frankly, in an abusive relationship with the Eagles and the Phillies right now. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Uh, hey, Dave. Hey, Gene. I know that they love me. They show me that they care. It's just the the it's not been great for me. It hasn't. It hasn't. And I wish I could quit them. Uh, you can find these <laughs> and other Brokeback Mountain references? I don't know. Um, <laughs> at Chuck Siders on Twitter, you can find the show at Potadelphia. Uh, and I'm Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And thankfully, they won't let me back in the house. So, um, you know, I can just stand on a ladder outside the gate and sort of like maybe blow a horn if I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you know what got me thinking about this? Um, so I feel like, you know, in Mean Girls, uh, the guy, who's the guy? Aaron, isn't that his name in, in Mean Girls? I think the, so, yeah. Yeah, so we're that guy, and uh, we keep we keep fawning over Rachel McAdams, right? And she's like the Phillies and the Eagles, uh, but she's like a, a – you know, it would make an Eagles comparison, quite frankly, a piece of shit to us lately. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, we got the union, Lindsay Lohan over there going like, hey, I'm good to you. I'm a good person. Why don't you pay attention to me? And we're like, no, we want the people. We want the people that treat us like shit. So the Eagles w- are on book. Everything else stops. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like you clear everything to watch the Eagles, and then they just, like, destroy you emotionally. And, like, the union are on. I have nothing better to do. And I'm like, man, what's on Netflix? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's at 16 games a year. It's it's the best and worst thing about football is every game counts for so much. It's it's the you know the the one sport that unifies the city whether you even like football or not you're following the eagles cuz everybody's talking about it it's it's just the great equalizer in the city and you know it's not just the free coffee the next day you know that determines the mood if the eagles win people are happy if the eagles lose people are pissed off and tomorrow people are going to be pissed off and when they lose two See games in, in a row, commute, if we ever left our house anymore, <laughs> it, 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 after you lose two games in a row, it starts to get exponentially bad. Um, yeah, I, I think that there is a, a break point when it becomes like, when do we play Dallas? Because now the only thing we have to live for is either um, hurting players on the Dallas Cowboys or just beating them, because all right, that's well, literally all we have left. <laughs> there were so we. Last week, we tried this thing where we get up big early and then give up the lead. This week, we tried fall behind early and then try to come back. Neither strategy worked great uh, (laughs) for us. Maybe next week, we can try the, like, let's just stay ahead for the entire game strategy. Um, But today, I felt like, man, we have bad second halves, dude. Like th- we had momentum in the first half, you know, uh, and for those of you that, you know, don't know what's going on, the Eagles lost 37 to 19 to the Los Angeles Rams today. Um, a team that that also beat the Cowboys last week. And I, I actually thought this was going to be a terrible game for us this week. I was really scared of this game, uh, particularly because of the Rams defensive line and our offensive line. To be honest, that wasn't even really the problem. It really wasn't. No, no. It's it, um one of the biggest concerns from last week of that offensive line being porous and Wentz holding on to the ball too long. Not a problem at all. We no. had a whole bunch of different problems. Wentz had a whole some bunch like, different problems. Yeah, Wentz had some very disciplined possessions where the, you know there was a sack coming and he threw the ball away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, someone got into his ear this week. <laughs> Which is good to see. Um, if someone can get into his ear about making slightly smarter decisions of where to throw the ball to and when, 
Um, that would be awesome. I'm going to sort of jump to in conclusion and then work back. This game reminded me of, of the Flyers or, you know, the Phillies, you know, or the Sixers, you know, playing against a team that we just know on paper is better. You know, this is a really high watermark test for the team. And the reason I say those other three teams and not the Eagles, because for on the Eagles, we like to view ourselves as like an elite Everyone, team. everyone not, else's test. Exactly. Exactly. So this is like Flyers versus Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, there are points where it's like, oh, we're really hanging with them. We're really hanging with them. We're one goal off here or there. And then all of a sudden – Things just snowball, and we've lost six to three. Well, hold hold on, Chuck. This this is starting to disturb me because the Rams ain't that great. Like, well, neither's Washington. They're in the same okay. damn thing. Well, that's my conclusion. I'm not certain the Eagles are good. Well, that's. I think that's they, the conversation we need to have. Yeah, but the the analogy I was going for is where it's where you want to go. Oh, I'm looking at us playing the other team and we were like one possession away here. And, and, you know, if we didn't commit that turnover there and if we managed to hold them on third down here and hold them oh, to no, there's ifs, too many of those in this game. Yeah. There's too many of this game and there's too many last week and there's too many in on Wentz's resume. And I'm not putting this all on Wentz, but I'm putting a good bit on them. It becomes, there are far too many question marks and not enough answers to make me go to have any confidence that the Eagles are a better than average team. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you. I'm not even sure that we're average. I mean, we'll see how the season goes because Doug does have a tendency of having these like real erratic starts and, and yeah. periods in the season. And you know, it may look, we're not winning the division. Uh, well, we may win the division, but we're, we're not a top seed in the conference. Uh, we're maybe a playoff team. Um, I just, this, this isn't like a go for it year. So I think, you know, we need to temper our expectations a little bit. The thing that I'm starting to get concerned about is the quarterback play and it's just really uneven. It, it, there's there's great highs and there's great lows. Um, and at year five, you know, we talked about this last week. This is year five now. Uh, you know, you kind of are who you are. I don't know how much more, like, this is a great learning opportunity is not really a thing right now. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to – you know, abuse this analogy, but I think it's time for Carson Wentz to have a come to Jesus moment. It's, is he making the best decisions? He has all the talent in the world, but at year five, is he making the right decision to throw, you know, first and 10, you know, on our half of the 50 into double coverage? You know, if you, if you thread that needle, and Whiteside comes down with it. You're the hero. But is that really the smartest play? Or or more so, if you know, if you're that gunslinger, you say, I'm good enough to, to put, it in, put it in his pocket, you know, deliver the pass where it needs to go, well, then you damn well better be good enough to do it. You know, it's, it's one of those, give me the ball, let me finish the game, coach. And you, we give him the ball, and then he comes up short. It's is he is he the best evaluator of his own talent? Does he make the right decisions on the field? And I'm becoming concerned about that. Yeah, Gene, your thoughts? <laughs> um, so look, I watched I watched this game much closer than I watched last week's game. And uh, much like we were saying earlier, a lot of the problems that I thought we would face against this Rams team were not necessarily the um, the the punches that were the ones that eventually knocked us out. Um, 
first of all, you, you know, Miles Sanders dropping that ball on the first possession. I mean, you just can't have that. That's that's not the kind of thing that is ever going to work out well. And then to have our defense, uh, basically, the the analogy they used on the on the radio broadcast because I was coming back from. Um, doing some last minute grocery shopping uh as as the first quarter was turning into the second and um i i think it was Merrill said to Mike Quick you know when you watch practice you you see the offense operating against no one and the offense can just do whatever they want um and that's what watching the rams play right now is like it's literally as if <laughs> as if there is no defense at all on the field. Um, and, if you know, I don't do a, a, a male recent impersonation, but when you hear it's it's like hearing your grandfather tell you, um, you know, uh, yeah, I was in the mob. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't really know what the appropriate analogy that it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if my, Merrill is saying this, like, this is a serious, serious problem. Um, you know, but I, I will say this. I saw a little glimmer of a team that had some some metal in it in the second. I mean, we were within uh, a possession by the end of the half. And, um, you know, you saw the defense come up with a big sack to knock the Rams out of field goal range. Uh, you saw the special teams come up with a fluky fumble. Uh, and those are the things you sort of need to have happen in order to turn a game around. The problem is with this team, we have no ability to then uh, recalibrate to the way that the game is adjusting. They still seem to come out in the second half as if they were down by a much wider margin than they were. There is no reason in a one-possession game for Wentz to throw the ball that he does that gets picked off in the, in the third quarter. That field goal was a hell of a lot more valuable than to turn the ball over there and basically allow the Rams to go 80 yards. Uh, and I think they had got held to a field goal, but the problem is that mm. field goal then pushed them to a two possession game or an eight point lead, which was, which is another thing we probably could talk about, but I mean, why bother? Why do we go for two points when things may seem to make zero sense? The math ended up being so fakakta because we blew that for that, that well, extra point. You know, when you lose by, 18 points or whatever we lost by today yeah, not, i mean it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but there were certain situations there were certain situations yeah. in the game where you can see that decisions are getting made based on well you know we we need to get two scores instead of one for example um so that and i think that basically we're circling the same hole here when we say you know a lot of this goes to the the mental part of carson's wentz's game you know I, I also well, think let me that... let me let me read you a tweet uh, from uh, Jeff Skaversky uh, that just came out this last hour. Uh, Eagles most NFL. It's only two games, but most NFL turnovers, worst NFL turnover differential, tied for most NFL interceptions, second most NFL fumbles, second most touchdowns allowed. Uh, Red zone uh, and now on the red zone defense touchdowns seven of nine. Uh, Carson Wentz most NFL turnovers by a quarterback, tied for most interceptions, tied for most sacks, second worst quarterback rating. Yeah, which is Ooh. I think is I think is uh, quarterback rating is under seventy at the moment. It's awful. It's, it's not, terrible. It's terrible. Here, here's yeah. another thing that I'm really noticing with this offense. We lack uh, like a middle game. We have to to my, what I saw today. We do have some ability to run the ball. Is the play calling still head scratching at some points when you 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 get stopped on first down and then abandon the run when you're on like the twenty yard line? I, I don't understand that at all. Um, I still think that being in third and six is better than being in in third and twelve. Um, but it did seem that the offensive line was able to get some push in some places in the game. And, um, you know, Miles Sanders is certainly a better running back than Boston Scott. But Miles we... Sanders got five yards of carry today. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, granted, the Rams were getting nine yards of play for most of the first three quarters, and then that may have gone up in the fourth quarter, other than the fact that they were sitting on the ball. Um, but the, the problem is we don't have a receiver, and maybe 
I don't know if we ever if this was in the game plan, but you have Deshaun Jackson and you have Jalen Rager who are good, really good at one thing. But the problem is that thing can somewhat be taken away. You know what I mean? You drop those safeties. If those guys can't burn or, or Wentz can't see them because he's got a hand in his face and those plays don't have time to develop, it takes some time to get 40 yards downfield. There is no receiver. It's supposed to be, I guess, the tight ends. But there are no receivers that are able to work that middle part of the field to require, though, to make those safeties have to respect uh, and hang up. You know what I mean? These safeties can just play 25 yards off the line and, and, and just shut down your game. Deshaun Jackson, has, has he, you know, what is he, was he anywhere today? I think Jalen Rager had, had one play uh, that I, of, of note. Um, you know, and... You know, when there were big plays to be made by the tight ends, either the quarterback would throw it behind Dallas Goddard or, you know, it's fourth down and, and, and you don't make the play. You throw it short. I, yeah. I just I just don't – there's no – there's there's a big problem with the personnel on offense to try and, and, and have defenses respect you and against the line in the middle of the field and, and, and going deep. They just don't have – they don't have the personnel to, to manage it right now. I don't know if it's even just they don't have the personnel. They just don't have it. I don't know if it's the way the game is being called, the way it's being executed. Pause. It's definitely the way it's being executed. Like, there's – I don't know if it's, you know, it's week two after a weird off season, and I'm offering no excuses. The Eagles have – if you want to hear me make excuses for the season being early, go back and listen to the past two years. I've made enough of them. I, I don't have time for it this year. I know, but it's early for everybody. Like, well, that, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not giving excuses I, for I them. It, it don't look but, early for Seattle. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but or it's, DK Metcalf. Or any number of teams. Why would it always have to be the Eagles that looks early for? That's why. They don't have that excuse this year. So you're saying it's a I'm not going to make problem. I maybe I think I mean we keep coming back to Doug and Carson and to talk about the defense real quick you know I thought it during the game you know the classic bend don't break defense unfortunately our defense was both bend and break yeah you know maybe maybe a small flex you know kept them from having a, a deep threat but it was just they would churn their way down the field and they would score. You know, yeah, it's punching through tissue paper still takes a minimal amount of effort. A wet paper bag, Dave. Wet paper to bag. <laughs> More than tissue paper. Okay. But I, a lot of it's gotta go on. I, I think I think we have to put a lot on Doug for the preparedness of the team. You know, oh, they have slow starts, and Doug has slow starts the season, and yeah, it's early for everybody, and yes, it was a weird off season, and yeah, this, that, and the other thing, and they, the Eagles tend to put it together at the end of their season. Well, it's the fifth season for Carson. Is it the fifth season or sixth season for Doug? It's you know, you gotta you know, to to quote Lane Vino, you gotta put on your big boy pants now too. It's time to have your team ready to play. And not being playing catch up, and not and not looking like you're off a step, and you know, just give us a few weeks, and we'll get up to speed. I, I thought you were going to quote Elaine Vigneault and say, "Be a fucking eagle." <laughs> like, seriously, we don't tolerate this shit in this town. Like, yeah. stop turning the ball over. Take care of it. Let's pound the rock like you did today. Like, no turn, no red zone turnover. Dude, Carson, yeah. you threw an interception in the end zone, man. Come on, dude. That and was a bad on. one. That was a really bad one. That was a bad one. It, and it's I, – I think I alluded to it in weeks past of, like, is he is he tipping off where he's going to throw? He is, man. He is. Before, um, before the interception, like, to keep the drive alive, he, he did, like, a check down I, to one of our tight ends. I want to say – uh, it was Goddard. Yeah. And he turned, stared at him, and gunned the ball in there. Yeah. If I there mean, was anyone near Goddard, like, it, it, might as well have the you, line from you know Indiana what? fucking Jones. You knew no. where it was going. Fix it. Just fix it, okay? I don't care. Like, I'll watch a team lose. I, I've watched 
I watched the Sixers win nine games in a season, but they fought. At least they played. They tried maximum effort every game. They came close in some fourth quarters. We put, we know we put scares into teams like, you know, the, um, the Warriors, you know, and they were at max strength. Like, I, I'm just looking for effort here. I'm not looking for perfection. I don't expect the team to go 16 and 0. I don't even expect them to go 11 and 5. At the, you know, like, I, I just expect competent, clean, smart effort. That's all I'm looking for from every team. And it's like, you know, this messiness and fumble. Like, oh, man. Miles Sanders, it's like the, the fumble in the first drive. Like, yeah. they do this all the time. It's like, all right, I'm so excited to watch the game. And then, it, like, the second the game starts, you take all the air out of my balloon, <laughs> like, right away. Like, I can't even get, like, my beer open, and you already make me disenfranchised watching the game. Like, I, I, I my seat's not even warm yet. And already I'm like, well, what time the Phillies start? Yeah. That it's, can't it's, be. That cannot be. That's it. this is the last game that this happens. It ends here. You would hope. You would hope. You talk about the the effort from the Sixers, and again, I go back to my number one team, the Flyers. You know what was it held up during the the playoff run? Uh, the Flyers haven't lost two in a row since January or whenever it was, and maybe that doesn't mean much. But for me as a fan, it means a hell of a lot. It means that they don't like losing. It means that they're they're as pissed off as we are. And without, you know, a Brian Dawkins, without a Malcolm Jenkins, who's who's the person we're looking to on this Eagles team to go, this is unacceptable. You know, to 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 and look at Carson yeah. Wentz. It can't be Carson Wentz because he's the one doing it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's out. I don't know. Maybe Lane Johnson needs to stand up and go, uh, you know, this isn't how this isn't or Kelsey or something. That's not how this works here. But maybe I mean, some of y'all are new. But I, I mean, I think you make a good point. I, I think there is. And, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. Like, I do feel like there is a crisis of leadership. Uh, I think that they had Malcolm Jenkins there and he was. Uh, you know, probably the guy that would hold people accountable. He was, he was the, you know, the, the bad, you know, I don't want to say bad cop, but he was the one that had the respect of the room and that if he got in your ear uh, and you didn't want to disappoint him, uh, I, I don't know who that guy is right now, but I, I, I've been thinking a lot about this and uh, we have an opportunity next week. First of all, the opportunity is perhaps next week, next Sunday could be a worse day than today. Um, the Phillies could be eliminated from, from the playoffs. Um, the Eagles could lose to the Bengals. Um, it could just be it could just be an all it would be the third loss in a row. It could be an all around shittier day. So let's 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 play a, a game of worst case scenario. So uh, in this worst case scenario, next Does this week, game come with a loaded gun, Gene. <laughs> No, that's 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 Russian roulette. In this game, all there's bullets in all the chambers. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so let's say next week comes around. Uh, I think it's a one o'clock one o'clock kickoff. Uh, first drive, Carson Wentz throws a pick. Let's say it's on his first pass. How quick is the hook? The hook? How Ooh. quick is the hook? It's it doesn't come at all. You don't think there's is there is there any situation either next week or or even maybe this season where where Doug puts Carson on the bench? This season is a different matter. Well, the only way it would happen is if they make up an injury. Uh, I mean, he's pretty good at getting them for real. No, no. (laughs) I mean, we've seen this in the past. It's like, yeah. All of a sudden, it's like they pull someone's struggling, and they pull him, and it's like, oh well, he had a, he had a oblique strain. He's gonna walk through that blue tent, like yeah, <laughs> something you know, uh, something minor um, that just keeps you out for two weeks or something, and then it's like, oh, yeah. Because so I, it could happen, but it'll never be admitted as a hook. Because I, I mean, there had to be something to be said for 
the roster decision that was made, it spoke volumes to me. There were, why else? I mean, I guess you put Jalen uh, Hurts in with the idea that maybe you use him as some sort of a gadget player. But did you guys see any situations where it looked like they were going to – I mean, if, if there was ever a time to try something different, it would have been in a game like today. Uh, th- that that moment never seemed to come to me. I, I think he was on the field a couple times as maybe a decoy. But, um, you know, why wouldn't you have Nate Sudfeld, who knows the offense better and would be a better replacement at quarterback in the event that Carson Wentz got hurt? Why would you? Well, you don't know that wild? he'd be a better replacement. We haven't seen. We, we haven't seen uh, Jalen Hurts play at all. That's true. Yeah. I, I so, mean, other than like in know. college, but yeah, I, it, there was a maybe Merle Reese can tell us about practices. Right. Well, and and uh, he probably he didn't watch. Apparently, there's no defense in, at his practices. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're playing against the Eagles' defense, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what Merrill doesn't know is that the Eagles defense is going all out on every, uh, every play against the uh, Eagles offense. And like, come on with this defense. Like let's get some pressure, bring the boom, make I'm... a tackle, make a tackle, put your arm all the way around the guy, get them at the knees. Like don't try to tackle by the ankles. How many, like, how many weak, broken tackles did we see today? I know, I know. And and you know, but, I'm, I'm used to the defense uh, committing a ton and ton of egregious pass interference calls. I, I haven't seen that beat us as badly as it has in the past. It's um, true. Now everyone just catches it. Well, it, well, the other thing is, in <laughs> in order to <laughs> in order to commit pass interference, you have to be within five yards of the receiver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but seriously, I mean, like, I don't know, like, just some, I'm trying to find positive takeaways from this game that'll leave me excited for the next game, and I think that Miles Sanders is a a nice, you know, it was like a bright point in this game that you could take away and say, okay, going into the next game, that's something that we can build on and, and we should build on. I think the short screen passes to Boston Scott were very effective. Um, I liked well, who's commentators for this game. Spielman. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, outlined how a shorter back behind bigger offensive linemen are difficult to see. And I think we could design some plays and, and utilize that because we found some success with that, especially in the, the short passing game, which is good for Carson because, the intermediate passes just aren't really working for him right now, and they're he's not really accurate at this time. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get excited about next week, um, and I heard that same comment talking. He was talking about how he got to play against, you know, lucky enough to play against Barry Sanders, and there'd be people like jumping up trying to see him over the other players to figure out where he was going. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I they thought that was very insightful, uh, very informative. But if you want to, if you want to look towards reasons for optimism, is there's there's pieces there. Now the puzzle has not been put together. It's been two weeks. You know these pieces have not been put together. But like you say, a little bit of thing from Sanders, a little bit of thing from Boston Scott. You know we we know um, we know our tight ends can deliver. If you are wide receivers, well, I mean, was it Rager, Rieger, that guy? He's he's shown a little bit. He's a rookie. If we get something out of him, a long bomb to uh, to Deshaun, you know, Carson cuts down on one turnover a game, <laughs> and, and these these games could have a, a different result, but no, it's no, zero, zero turnovers. Yeah. We can't, we can't get the ball up. We need to, the only time a turnover is acceptable is if it's a fluky turnover, like uh, a, a pass was deflected or uh, something, something funky happens. It's the only time that we should be turning the ball over. It should not be these 
obvious horrible interceptions and i don't care if it's carson's fault i don't care if it's the receiver's fault whatever this ends now but no and, more. and i think that the main thing is that they've got they've got an opponent coming up that there's no reason why they can't put together a keep it simple well, stupid game plan yeah you're right but that makes it a must win game you can't oh give yeah no if you game. if you, you lose are, this game the season's basically over yeah you can't go to zero and three you can't go to zero and three it's not even a matter of going over zero and three it's a matter of okay you you're not you can't counted. beat anybody right you can't beat anybody i mean all all the comments in the post game were we're very close to everything clicking we're just like you know the gears aren't the cogs aren't lined up right or something uh but look no sacks yeah yeah that's that that is if if there's one silver lining in this game it's the turnaround from last game to this of the offensive line playing. I was going I was going to say honestly I I I, game, but I, I, well, yeah, I I spent a lot of time trying to just focus on uh on the tackles uh specifically Lane Johnson and the the tackle play was was pretty good and Aaron Donald was was basically touted as going to have uh you know an all pro day today you know this was going to be one of those days that he was going to write his resume off uh there were going to be so many options where they were going to just slide him around that he could devour up uh eagles defensive linemen and honestly i don't know that i heard his num his name called once this game i didn't see any massive game changing play out of out of the aaron guy donald who- aaron donald has zero sacks in his four games against the eagles yeah yeah and i mean and the if there were guys that he was going to take advantage of they were going to be at uh, at the guards today for the Eagles, uh, and he and he, he any didn't word, break through. Any word on Samalo? Uh, I didn't hear anything final. I think it was one of those things where he's going to be reevaluated. Okay. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't think that the Eagles lost too much uh, having him be replaced. I mean, I thought the offensive line, for as much grief as they took after the Washington game, um, really sort of stepped up and and that uh, that's good you know that's that those guys took whatever the coaches said to them this week to heart and i think seriously they they manned up because they felt like they they needed to protect their quarterback they needed to to do a better job of keeping keeping people out of his face they did that the quarterback also has to make better decisions like flat out he has to make better decisions if we don't give the ball up in both those spots where we gave the ball up today um, it it could have been a very different game. Frankly, the the Rams were going to put up a lot of points on us anyway, uh, because our defense had no answer for their running game and and their their short uh passing game. But the Rams are not. I would not even say they're in the top five in the NFC. That that is not a great team. That is a team that's going to maybe win eight games or nine games. They're going to get beat by San Francisco, and they're going to get beat by uh seattle and they're gonna probably get beat by seattle bad um do we play seattle this year because that game might break scoring records for one team beating the other team um (laughs) that that's a terrifying prospect i believe we do play them but it's in philly oh well that went well for us last year um but (laughs) but 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 that's the thing is like i you know I even think that the the Falcons uh, have a potent enough offense that they, as much as that that disaster that happened to them today and they're zero and two. That's a much better zero and two team than we are, uh, you know. At least from what I've, you know, the eyeball test. Um, but I'll be interested. There, there there are some other bodies coming in apparently this week that the Eagles may take a look at. I think the Eagles are going to look at another running back this week. It would be interesting to see if they end up bringing. Um, bring another runner on. I don't know where they would trim the lineup. Not really to, to a make position that, that. Well, I, mean, I guess depth, I, is, depth is good, but well, I guess they you have no depth at other positions. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem. It's kind of tough. I mean, I like looking at the schedule moving forward. Yeah. Bengals. Uh, then you got a Sunday night game against the Niners. Yeah. And then the Steelers and then the Ravens. Yeah, that's a um, nasty, nasty, nasty stretch. Better get it all figured out. Yeah, there's not a lot, of, and and that's one of those things that really makes that that loss to Washington really stick out because you don't have the luxury of having uh, the NFL. You don't have the luxury of having games to give away anyway. But having that loss, it's just ugh, it's going to be that sort of thing that just sits in your stomach until they they can prove that they can beat somebody that's good, and they haven't yet. 
Yeah, it might be some time before we can can beat somebody good. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not super optimistic about that Niners game. Let's just beat up the Bengals and move on to the next week, I mean, hopefully. One thing at a time, you can only play the team that's in front of you, but like, look, let's just beat the Bengals, and then, yeah, we'll figure – we'll move on from there um, and worry about the Niners. The Niners are going to have a – I think they're having a change of quarterback. I don't know if Garoppolo is – is going to miss time. Um, so I know Still he went run. down today. Yeah, I know he went down. Um, a lot of it. Yeah, that, that's just... one of the things maybe we should talk about is there are a lot of very big injuries and in, in maybe the biggest injury was in our division. Um, yeah. It sounds like Saquon Barkley is going to be out with an ACL, um, which that's, you know, that's his season, I would think. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess the Giants are going to be eyeing up a pretty high draft pick uh, this year. I mean, e- even with Barkley, they would have been eyeing up a very high draft pick. So, um, you know, yeah, Daniel I mean, Jones, I-, I feel bad for the dude. He just doesn't really have much in the way of, like, a full complement of weapons at any time ever. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tough break. I hope, I-, I hope that he's the – you know, will players come back from this kind of thing you know, we saw it with Wentz too. That first year back was strange. Yeah, was not himself. Um, so hopefully we don't lose. Yeah, I, we lose. But you know what I mean. Like we don't yeah, lose out on good seeing his play. Well. You know, for two years for his sake. Um, yeah, and, and you. Yeah, I I thought that was the that was the like the headline, but I mean there was a lot of Garoppolo yeah. went down, uh, Dax took a shot and missed a couple of plays. Oh right, right. right. Um, I think Garoppolo was the other real big, real big injury uh, concern. Um, yeah, and maybe I'm only saying that about Barkley because he's like a Penn State guy. Uh, I, <laughs> I would there would be no love loss for me for a Dak Prescott. Yeah, no, I, I well, I don't know. For me, I don't want to. I don't want to win that way. Like, and, and I did have a big hypocritical moment there. You know, when we were talking about before, then Gene said, Dak, I'm like, eh, I wouldn't be that broken. Yeah, I'm sure, Dak I'm went sure down. Davion Clowney was like, Oh, I don't want to win that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, no one feels bad for us. <laughs> All right. Let's hurt some people. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I mean, like if a player goes down, you know, they go down. No, yeah, but for, I mean, we may I have only see... won the super. We may have only won the Super Bowl because Aaron Rodgers went down that year. That's... Yeah, there's Ugh. some truth to that. I, although we also had uh, some significant injuries that we dealt. Sure, with. sure, but it's not like and... our quarterback. Oh wait, yeah. no. Well, we had the good quarterback then. We lost him to injury <laughs> later. No, stop! <laughs> no, <laughs> it. I can't handle it. Uh, no, no, but I mean, I don't want to see—I don't want to see somebody's career be over. I don't care how you know one season somebody goes down with injury and helps us. I'm fine with that. That—that's—that's that's good for me. If it's a young promising star, you know, goes down in season two, no, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Um. So should we talk about? another injury that may have happened today. Yeah. I'd love to hear what you guys, I didn't watch any of that game. I would love to hear what you guys saw on the, on the field. If you guys were watching. Yeah. I saw the play. Um, by the way, we're talking about Bryce Harper left the game early today. I believe in the seventh inning. It was late. Um, with some back stiffness. I mean, nothing really, the play was weird. It was a fly ball. It was looked like it was going to be a home run, and then it took a strange carom off of the chain link fence above, like the out of town scoreboard. Um, so I don't. Maybe that movement caused the reaction that tweaked something. Uh, but yeah, you could see Harper was kind of rubbing his side or his, you know, his hip or something like that. And Batalco in the post game show was speculating an oblique strain. Um, which can give you that pain, you know, from your side all the way down, like as low as your knee. Um, and he said that, you know, something like he had that injury and something like that will keep him out of the lineup um, for a while. So let's hope it's not that. And I'm just seeing, I'm looking online and they're just saying back stiffness right now. So hopefully it's yeah. that and it's something more because I mean, we cannot add 
him to a list that already has, you know, Real Muto and, and Hoskins and, a, a, you know, half of our pitching staff on it, uh, especially when we're only a half game up in a wild card race that, you know, uh, on a, quite honestly, we should be firmly in second place in the division at the very least. Are you talking about pure talent wise or are you talking about like bad luck wise? What do you mean we should uh, be in second place? I, I just mean pure talent wise. I mean, yeah, we, I agree. We should have a better record than we have. I, yeah. I think no, offensively I we, we would be and the numbers sort of bear it out that offensively we, we have scored runs and, and produced in the way that I think the team was expected to, if not uh, overachieved a little bit it, to say that the bullpen has been bad luck would would imply that there's no predictability about it. Um, there are there are very few things that are as reliable as how bad the bullpen is. I didn't say it was bad luck. I, I I recognize the bullpen is bad. I recognize going into the season that the bullpen was bad. I just didn't anticipate it being historically bad. Yeah. Um, like the second worst bullpen in Major League Baseball history. Bad, second only to another Phillies team. I was going to say, who's worse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, if the bullpen were just as bad as we were expecting, we'd have like four more wins and be firmly in second place. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, and it's just, yeah, we, I felt like we were hemorrhaging games for a bit and, um thank you toronto outside of today for for giving us some some life back so you know inflating that balloon a little bit more giving us hope but we're just sort of hanging on by, you know by the skin of our teeth to, to this playoff spot well i'm we sorry think- this this the, uh, and what i'm citing is uh something from mid-august that came out that the phillies had the worst bullpen uh since era has existed oh only that long <laughs> well before era existed most of those pitchers threw 60 complete games in a season so you know teams only carried three relief pitchers yeah and at that time the the philly starters had a 3-2 era the fifth best in baseball and the phillies bullpen had a 987 yeah. and and all their starters had you know careers driving cabs on the side as well <laughs> sure the amazing yeah. thing is how bad they've been considering how many seven inning games we've also had to play you know what i mean like that well, like takes it's... real effort to to be that bad when you've only got to, you've only got to manage six outs can we talk about that it's i've I, i've gotten kind of accustomed to seven inning games being a thing but between random start times and how many innings is this game like the the unconscious baseball fan in the back of my head doesn't know what to make of it it happened to me today we were in the sixth inning i'm like shit we gotta really we gotta really get our act together and i'm like no there's there's several more (laughs) innings to go and i've been like an hour off on start times all week I see texts coming in. It's like, oh, these guys are really hyped for the Phillies game that apparently started. <laughs> An you hour know, ago. It's... Which and the... you got to feel bad. You got to feel bad for Girardi. I mean, he's just basically yeah. trying to navigate these waters and he's get reached to the point where he's got to go to the bullpen. And basically, if he was a Pokemon trainer, he would be like, well, I have a bunch of magic harp. <laughs> Who, which one am I going to throw out? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Psyduck, get out there. <laughs> See what you got. Anybody you can got a take re- on that Charizard? <laughs> Anybody got a Rattata? Where is that? Oh man! But so, I, I, I will say, uh, you know, on the positive side, we have we have some the youth movement that has suddenly come up, and I don't even I don't know if you want to lump in Andrew Knapp, and if uh, one of the more amusing exchanges that I saw on the post game show this week was, I guess it was last night. Um, Barkan was singing the praises of uh, Andrew Knapp and Batalico, like as deadpan as you know. Not that Batalico was ever messing around, but he was completely serious. And he's like, "If you even suggest that we don't sign JT because Knapp is suddenly <laughs> good, I might break protocol and come over there and beat you, silly." <laughs> I just think we're at the point now with Andrew Knapp where 
we just don't shit on them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, okay, great. You're a competent backup catcher. I mean, like back in the day when we didn't we didn't have to shit on Todd Pratt. Right. You know, if like Todd Pratt starting, just... you don't go like, oh God, I can't even watch this game now. And we're giving away <laughs> outs. I was just gonna bring up Pratt. Um it, yeah, no, he's 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 perfectly good as a backup catcher. Um, since the DH is gonna be a thing. You know, he he's find a slot into the DH every once in a blue moon. Yeah, but you know? it's nice to see. I mean, like you said, Gene, it's nice to see these younger guys. And then we had the other the other catcher. I mean, obviously you need to have two. We had the the other kid come up, hit his first professional home run at Citizens Bank Park, uh, and his stick figure got uh got placed um prominently. So, you know, the 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 catchers have been trying to hold up their end of the defense. I don't know that was I would put Marshawn. Yeah, Marshawn. Marshawn. Yeah, which was always great because I think at one point <laughs> I think it was you Dave that said, "Uh who hit that home run?" and we answered you and you're like, "Wait, no. Who hit that home run?" <laughs> yeah um so <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, and like i said it's only a matter of time before we have uh marshans martians out there they should just put like uh like aliens <laughs> uh alien cutouts yeah we, well we then they should be sitting in like section 351 or something you know yeah that'd be great marshans <laughs> Martians. that's what they should do they should start putting fan groups in the uh in the upper well we're, we're, this was the last game of the season because um, even if they would, make the playoffs, that goes into the bubbles, so they're not going to be. Well, their first there. round would be, but it would, but it's going to be a road game because we're right. not going to win the division or whatever. But <clears throat> yeah, but I thought that that would have been a cool idea to make little fan groups and put them up there. Anyway. But uh, of course, when we're talking about the youth moon, I guess I'm burying the lead because uh, really the 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 headliner has been uh, Alex Sexbomb that is uh, that has started to man. <laughs> Man, third base for uh, for the fight and fills. Everybody said that he was going to be a terrible liability on defense. Um, I and haven't. He is. Uh, I mean, he's not the best third baseman defender, uh, <laughs> but he. he I, I I think he's won more games with his bat than he's lost with his glove. So, uh, and really, that's that's sort of what. I mean, this is a team that went to the World Series with Dave Hollins at third base. So, uh, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you don't always need to have Mike Schmidt. You know, granted, we have a a long storied history in the franchise of having good third baseman. But, you know, we also had, um, you know, pretty crappy ones. Like last year we had uh Mikel Franco who uh, apparently learned how to hit in Kansas city, but, um, uh, such as life. Yeah. But so that's, I've, I've been really excited. You know, whenever, uh, Alec gets up, he, his bat bats are becoming must watch TV. Um, he, he seems to be able to use, Every part of the field, he's got a little bit of of power. Uh, the guy is just a professional hitter. Uh, he just seems to just be able to put the ball in play and and find uh, find ways to get on base. And, uh, and they're not empty hits either. They're in big no. situations. They're late no. in the game. Um, he's had, a, I think, a couple of game winners. Yeah, I mean, the guy seems to be able to 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 handle pressure. He seems to take his walks when they when they come. He has a really good idea of the strike zone. Um, and and he he doesn't try to overswing. Uh, he he's fine just lacing a, a a line drive into into the gap. Um, you know, so he's he's been sort of as advertised. That's my philosophy too. I'm just fine with lacing line drives into the gap. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll settle. <laughs> I wish uh, I wish um, uh, our center fielder would uh, would would take some of that advice and. Uh, as I call him, Mr. Glass, who thinks he's going to get up there and hit a home run every time. Who? Roman Quinn? Roman Mr. Glass Quinn. He basically, <laughs> Glass Rome is what I like to call him. Oh, man, poor, <laughs> poor Roman. Uh, yeah, so we're a half game up on the Reds, I think, as of right now. Uh, so we really need every win we can get our hands on to keep a, to keep a wild card uh position but there's only how many games are left there are two series four against the mets or four against washington and then three against tampa bay so only one series against tampa bay this year just the one yeah just the one wow we really lucked out with that and they may have this thing like sewn up uh by that now the marlins but i mean the yankees have gotten like red red hot too and are sort of like nipping at their heels they've won 10 straight good good because the marlins have two series left also and they are playing the yankees and the braves yeah so 
there's a good chance. Uh, those Yankee games are certainly going to be consequential for the Yankees. So the na- we got to win these Nationals games. We need three out of four against the Nationals. I had said we needed to get to 32, and uh, that was eight wins from, I guess, the start of the Toronto series. And we got three And we need to get to 33 for me to win my FanDuel bet. Well, there you go. There so, you go. Uh, <laughs> fortunately for this national series, we dodge uh, Corbin and Scherzer. Yeah, somehow we've managed to have that work out for us. And we have Nola and Wheeler going. Yep. Yep, and hopefully uh, – we, really, we do need to take three or four. Uh, a a what, sweep here would be huge, but three or four. Speaking of youth is... movement, what would you think of Adonis Medina today? Um, The, the man who balked in his first uh, first professional run? Is, that's unfortunate. Yeah, guy? I think I said, like, I, I hope that he goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, and that's a very good trivia question. That would be a great thing for, like uh, – <laughs> 2020 uh i was clamoring for him to come up last year because i saw him pitch in reading um and i think there was a lot of nerves going on in that first inning today yeah i I mean i I, from what i understand like i said i didn't watch a lot of the game today just peeked in but um you know from what i understand you know he acquitted himself fairly and uh, i'm certainly the idea of him rather than like bullpen by committee or two innings from uh, you know, God knows whoever is stretched out or whatever. Uh, I would rather have that guy who who's trying to be a starting pitcher or uh, has some pedigree and as a starting nice pitcher doing it. If you know these guys develop, you know, and next year you have a a rotation that's Nola, Wheeler, Howard, Medina, Eflin. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, yeah. Eflin of of all the pitchers uh, recently, Eflin I think is really um, sort of settled into his own he was a he was a guy who we said that suffered i think a lot from the former pitching coaches i don't know their mindset from the former regime i think that eflin has gotten back to what eflin made made his money on and uh, i think his last two starts in particular have been really really good yeah and hey Vinny velo the other night six innings one run oh uh two hit ball the amazing thing is uh, you know it's one of those things where you're you're you're, you i told you guys all along (laughs) Saying it for years, Vinny Velasquez is the real deal. You see Vinny Velasquez get into the, get into the fourth inning with one run, and you're like, "By God, we better win this thing because this isn't going to happen very often." <laughs> All right, so let's just all pray that uh, everything's okay with Bryce. Uh, by all accounts, it sounds like JT is going to be back soon. Yeah, I was uh, hearing it might be Wednesday. Is what I heard. Okay. Okay, we, have, we don't have any days off though, do we? No, I think it's I think it's just a straight straight run to the finish. I don't know what that we about, have any. What about Reese? Is Reese coming? We back do have a day off. We do have a day <laughs> off. It's um, um, four games in three days. Thursday off, and then Tampa to close out the sea uh, season. Oh, so, so there's one more doubleheader. Doubleheader. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay, know what's going Yeah, I got to figure out my life for next week here. Uh, yeah. Any? So, do we know anything about Reese and his? I don't know career? anything about. I don't know anything about his. Nothing. Situation. Okay, but Arietta. Oh, I think Arietta's coming back too. Yeah, there's a chance that he would. You. He would get one more <laughs> for all those Arietta fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he may get one more start as a Philly. Okay, yeah. So it seems like Reese Hoskins um, may need Tommy John surgery in the offseason. That's a strange thing for a first baseman. So, yeah. Did you see that um, uh, Verlander got Tommy John's yesterday? Yeah, he should consider retirement. That was my my thing. Was like, what is a guy like that? You know, that's another year before he could come back. Well, he's our pitcher in the majors that's closest to three hundred wins. Um, and I think even before the season started, we were talking about the feasibility of him reaching 300 and how many more seasons he would need to play. I think we and said this just six of 20 basically eliminates there. next season out yeah. of that, also. Right. Um, so he's getting up there in age, and I, yeah, I, don't know. I, I thought it was, I was, I was, I was, cu- it was curious to me that he he made that decision, um, that he would go go with the Tommy John. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, yeah, it's funny, but you know, those guys they want to go out on their own terms, so yeah. All right, well, hey, look, we're going to go out on our own terms to Chuck's penalty box. You really threw me with that pause there. 
when you if we took a breath and said, "Well, those guys want to go out on their own terms," I'm like, "All right, penalty box coming up." I hear that. I hear that setup, and then you, you threw me a bit of a pause. That like it was too perfect to go over to the penalty box, so I took my like I caught myself off guard. Okay, <laughs> you're like this is this is gift wrap for me. Something's got to be up with it. But uh, Gene, Gene, what is up with you, and who is in your penalty box this week? Uh I um. I, I, my penalty box changed like almost literally as we were getting ready to start recording. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to have to put in Howie Roseman in the scouting department for the Eagles into the penalty box because uh, I actively watched for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to do anything today. Just something that would give me some sort of glimmer that he's um, a, a talented professional football player. And I didn't really see anything. I, I honestly didn't. There was nothing, you know, as as they say, he's the kind of guy that, you know, I guess blocks well for a wide receiver. Uh, you know, he, he plays well on special teams. But you know who we should have drafted instead of that guy? Uh, a guy named DK Metcalf, who uh, torched the uh, – this is what I saw before I came up. He's torched Stefan Gilmore for a 50-yard <laughs> bomb, 54-yard bomb. Uh, and if you don't know who Gilmore is, he was only the def- – defending uh defensive player of the year uh which then ensued apparently into a brawl later in the game um but dk metcalf is a freak the guy is a monster of a wide receiver he is a a a human he's he's the closest i think i've ever seen to maybe like a real life superhero like he he sort of has the speed of the flash but like superman strength um he might be my biggest man crush on the planet right now and he plays for the seattle seahawks and uh, not for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is a failure of the scouting department and Howie Roseman. Amongst many failures, but very specifically, every week I watch J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and I see him block well or maybe cover a punt. Uh, and I watch D.K. Metcalf make defensive players of the year look silly. So uh, for that, scouting department, you, you need a break. You need, a, you need some time. All right, Howie Roseman in the scouting department. You could have had Shazam, um, but instead you chose white side. You might as well have chosen dark side. You are getting a double minor, two minutes for a missed opportunity, and two minutes for forcing me to make a bad DC Comics pun. All right, Dave. Dave, who is in your penalty box this week? Uh, I'm going to put in uh those who vote uh for the nba most valuable player um you know i i i'm i'm sure a lot of other people in in my chair right now would put lebron james in the penalty box for uh basically saying that he's pissed off uh the way the vote went down um but you know <laughs> it's really frustrating because lebron james is arguably the second greatest basketball player to ever play the game uh and his greatness just on a daily basis goes without regard it's just we just take for granted but lebron james is just absolutely fucking amazing uh and does incredible things on the court night in night out and for him to only get 16 out of 100 first place mvp votes just because I don't know. We're in this era where sports writers and people who vote for this type of thing want to be like hip and trendy and uh, do creative things with their votes. Like that's not your fucking job, man. Your job is to identify the best player in the league and award them the most valuable player award. And to say that, you know, Giannis is great and all, but if you watch basketball and you watch these games, LeBron James is just on another planet, man. The dude is like fucking incredible. It would be like in the nineties saying like, well, I mean, Michael Jordan's great, but I mean, he's always great and he's always there. So this year, like I'm just going to vote for Clyde Drexler because it's different and he plays (laughs) smaller market that doesn't get as much attention. And then I can get to write an article about why I did this like deep stat analysis and gave the award to Clyde Drexler instead of Michael Jordan. Like, no, fuck you. Use your eyes. Like open your goddamn eyes. LeBron James is the best player in the league. He should win the award every year, like every year. It should be the LeBron James award uh, for the last like 15 years. This is ridiculous. 
Um, so for that reason, I'm I'm putting uh, NBA MVP voters in into my penalty box. All right, NBA MVP voters. Uh, hard to say, real quick. Um, but <laughs> NBA MVP voters, why are you overthinking this? Don't order off the menu. Look at what you have. LeBron's the best choice. Just choose him and move on. So you're getting a minor penalty for overthinking things and feeling too clever. Chuck, who is in your penalty box? All right. This is this is an unfortunate one for me because I was really I was really looking forward to uh, the thing I'm about to put in the penalty box. Um, but this past Friday, um, the 18th, I believe it was, um, coming out on Netflix was the TV show uh, Ratchet. Oh, I'm on... so excited to watch that. Oh, then maybe, then maybe temper your expectations. Oh, no! <laughs> I was going to like rewatch like, uh, Cuckoo's Nest. It, oh, man. All right, well, well, That's the thing. It's, you can... You, you, you can rewatch Cuckoo's Nest. It has nothing to do with it. Like, like here, Nurse Ratched is not the same character. Like, it, she is the same character, but she is not the same character. And the trailer looked amazing. The trailer says, like, you know, one of these iconic figures of horror. And that should have been my first red flag. Because she's not a horror icon. <laughs> you know, she's horrible. You know, she she is this, you know, bureaucracy gone to hell, the, the, uh, a power trip, a good intentions gone wrong. But no, the, the nurse Ratchet on the show Ratchet is a sociopath, completely different character. And I, I'm not even getting into that because I think it's, I think it's worth it. I'm on like episode five and it's worth it as a guilty pleasure, but I really was looking forward to it as something better than that. Um, Sarah Paulson, as always, wonderful. Cynthia Nixon, the same thing. Um, but here's, here's where it started. It went wrong for me 30 seconds in. And Dave, there's no spoilers here, but it begins Catholic Church. And you know it's Catholic because there's the Virgin Mother and going down the halls and it pops up 1947 and you hear them praying in English. Not Latin. They're not saying anything of significance. But the fact that you're going for ambiance and my God is a show going for ambiance. You, you don't use the Latin. You're, you're, you're what, 18 years away from the English mass. So that's just dumb. All right, fine, fine, whatever. It's a goof. It's a goof. Maybe the significance of praying the intercessions in English, whatever. But no, that's fine. It's fine. And then we get into the first scene, and I hear familiar notes. And it's music from Psycho. Not, not an homage to Psycho, but directly lifted from Psycho. A fa the famous Psycho suite. Not the eh, 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 but the other bits directly from Psycho. And I'm like, well, that's a bit on the nose. And then the next scene is a driving scene. And it's the exact helicopter shot from Kubrick's The Shining. And these are not subtle homages. These are screaming, uh, terror, torn from the original movies. Homages later, there is the music cue from um, Cape Fear. Uh, that's a few episodes later, but it's so ham-fisted. It's like, have some faith in your art. Sit back and go, we're going to do something Bernard Herrmann-esque as opposed to just lifting Bernard Herrmann music. You know, we want this to be Kubrick-esque as opposed to going, hey, look, oh, it's funny. We, we did the exact shot from Psycho. Sorry, the exact shot from The Shining. Or if you're going to do that damn thing, pull from a, a lesser-known film. Hold off on Psycho until the second episode, as opposed to two minutes into the first episode. So for Ratched, <sighs> you're getting a double minor, two minutes for um, getting my expectations quite high, and two minutes for letting me down. 
All right, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, We'll be back with you next week recapping uh, Eagles-Bengals, also Phillies updates. Hopefully we're talking playoffs. That's going to (laughs) be – that's going to be really, really disappointing if we miss out on that. (laughs) I thought you meant either way. (laughs) My prediction yeah, 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 yeah. So I, th- I got it. I know. I we got. I got. I feel it in my bones. We're gonna have a great week this week. Eagle, uh, Phillies are gonna make the playoffs. Uh, Eagles are gonna beat the Bengals, and, and we're gonna be here to talk about it. So if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on social media: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Potadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening week, be sure to check out the Whip Around uh, for all the week's weird news. Uh, so uh, until we meet again, have a great day work everybody we are out of here